You are listening to the Choose Your Struggle podcast, a member of the Shameless Podcast Network. Enjoying the podcast? Consider supporting it on Patreon. You'll get behind-the-scenes looks, sneak peeks, extra bonus content, and best of all, a way to interact with me, your host. You'll also get discounts on merch like tank tops and magnets and all the other services I provide, like booking me to speak, coach or consult, or even advertise here on the podcast. Check it out in the show notes or in patreon.com slash choose your struggle. Plans start at as little as $3.40 a month, and all the money goes right into the podcast. All right, let's get back to the show. Hey, friends. I didn't get to record a Monday Motivation episode this week because I'm still digging out of boxes. But in the meantime, until I can get back to doing my full recording, enjoy this awesome conversation with my good friend, Nick Hill Paul. I've linked his resources in the show notes, and I know you're going to enjoy our conversation. It was originally for LinkedIn and a couple other places, but uh, here is the entire conversation, just the audio, just for you. Enjoy. Hi, what's up, Jay? Good to good to have this conversation, man. Um, I am super excited because I've been reading up on your stuff for a bit, and I we got connected through a mutual friend on LinkedIn. And the first thing that struck me, and the reason I reached out to you, was in your LinkedIn title. It's about vulnerability, right? And like, dude, that's like that's rare, right? And you know that. I think that's part of your brand. So I think the biggest, maybe like the first question I want to ask for you is. Um, What's your, what's your relationship to a separate related topic, shame? Because when I think about vulnerability, sometimes I think a lot of people associate that with shame, right? Because if you get a little too vulnerable, like, oh, damn it. I shouldn't have said that. I look like an idiot. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you, like, what's, what, what are your thoughts on shame? And has your opinion about shame kind of changed since you've been doing this journey? That's an awesome question. And first off, I want to say it's awesome to be back with you. Yes, I really enjoyed you and I connected last week or two weeks ago and, and really uh, I was looking forward to this, not only because I think you and I have a lot in common and a lot to talk about, but I, I got to say, I always enjoy opportunities to to do videos and stuff like this that we put out where I'm with attractive people because, you know, it, it makes me look cooler by comparison because I get to like, oh, wow, he hangs out with them. Oh, man, he must be a really cool guy. So um, and, and I see that the transition into your question, clearly I have no shame. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. um, you know, it, it's it, you, the second part of your question, I think is really important. Yeah. It, doing this work has helped me learn to not feel it as much. I, and, and, you know, you asked my family and friends from a long time back, and it's a thing that I never, you know, I was always that guy that would, would jump up on a stage or, or uh, you know, be the one in the middle of the dance floor. And, and I, was, I was in a dance troupe in high school. Like that was just always who I was. But learning more about shame and learning more mm. about the people who I really look up to, you know, quick shout out to two people who do this literal work, uh, mm. Jaffe, who is a, a doctor around substance misuse and mental health out in California, and uh, Alex Kaplan, who is a friend who runs an organization called Up Substance, also in California. They both have varying degrees on the idea of, of fuck shame. Like that's like their thing, mm. right? Because it, it really doesn't do a lot of good. 
Um, and, and it comes from a, a, a sort of a giving yourself over to society's expectations, which we've all learned by now is never a positive thing. And, yeah. and that's a lot about the choose your struggle brand, right? Is yeah. choosing what, what makes you fulfill, mm. make you happy and not giving into other people's ideas. And so a lot of the work I do around that is around substance use period, because, you know, if society tells us, oh, you, you, you can't use this thing, but right. we know for a fact that that's not based on any, any realistic expectations or, or experience, mm -hmm. it's easy to say, well, you know, forget their opinion. I'm going to do what I know to be right. Mm -hmm. But that can be taken to other things as well. And, you know, I usually, if, if I don't see a downside to something just because it's not quote unquote polite or perfect example. I live here in the South right now. Mm. Here, you're not supposed to talk about anything, right? I mean, bless your heart. <laughs> it's said to me so often, my dog thinks it's my name. So it, it, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's one of those things I just don't buy into. You know? Right, right, right. And, and you know, I, if it, it also to your, the first part of your question, I often have that feeling of, wow, you know, I was like, you know, making that joke on the way in about, about how you're an attractive guy and stuff like that makes other people embarrassed sometimes. And I'm just like, ah, I'm sorry if that was too far, but you know, <laughs> I, I wanted to share that. I think you're a very beautiful person. <laughs> Thank you. I wish my, I wish my fiance would say that more often. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree. And I, I you know, like, that's so true. I, I think part of that is, and what you're talking about is this confidence in saying, you know, choosing your struggle means I see value in struggling with this because the the end result is something that I think is meaningful, not just to me, but to, to people out there, right? It might not be everyone's cup of tea, but that's okay because if it gets to the right people, then it's worth the awkwardness, the uh, quote unquote shame, the quote unquote discomfort, right? right. Um, so I, I think that to me is like the way you're looking at it is like, it's worth that, like that middle ground of just like, oh, I got to put up with all these shitty feelings, not just from the outside, but from the inside. Um, 100%. And I love that you recognize the piece about sort of, I don't want to say the greater good, you know, that makes me think of like hot fuzz, if you've ever seen that movie, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, so, so not really the greater good, but doing what is sometimes better for others than yourself. And, and, and I have a policy, all my listeners on my podcast know this, that if I'm invited to speak somewhere, and the there's not enough diversity on the panel uh or or you know if if uh, all of the headliners including myself are all white dudes i'll usually say you know i really appreciate it but i would love if you gave my spot to somebody uh, you know who, who is background is not the same as everybody else mm. and that has caused some i've only done that four or five times now mm. and and, and a couple of times it was a beautiful moment the person went wow like that's so incredible uh mm. we'll definitely do that but a couple of times was really awkward uh mm. like where someone was very upset with me for mm. for for kind of pointing out that they'd over right. this fact. And right. in those moments, it's very easy to go, oh, wow, I may have just, you know, denied myself a future paycheck or whatever that case is. Yeah. But it's, I know I'm going to be okay, you know, mm. and I would mm. rather give up that, that spot to help somebody else, mm. especially if I'm not a good fit and the person's only coming to me because that's kind of what they know as well. I need to have this spot. I'm going to go find a white guy. You know, mm. it's not that conscious decision, but that's kind right. of the, 
the the norm right and everything i do is about busting norms and that includes sometimes when it's like i don't fit i had somebody i tell the story all the time i had somebody reach out and ask me to speak to a group of they called it inner city black kids about their mental health and i said i really appreciate that again i'm yeah. always appreciative that they choose me yeah i am not black i've never been inner city i've never yeah. been over it. and these these were this was like a poor uh, person group and i was like i really would prefer that you chose somebody else in fact yeah i got a buddy who would be a perfect speaker for you yeah and they chose that person thankfully but like it was a little absurd that they came to me to be like hey you'd connect with these people it's like i'm sure i could help you know teach a couple of lessons but why would you choose me when there are mm. amazing speakers out there who better fit this this group and could have a better impact than me mm. yeah that's a great point i so so the way i kind of track that is like the beginning what we were talking about was you know being vulnerable and opening yourself up and talking and having these uncomfortable conversations but then the onus is more on you the spotlight's on you where that conversation evolves into is when you then push that like discomfort onto other people if you're trying to change the system or trying to change the way things are right like it's got to be it's it's good to be vulnerable and and also kind of own up to your stuff but at the same time if you want to be the change you want to see in the world like you got to start having uncomfortable conversation even at the risk of losing income even at the risk of having those and, and dude i'm a people pleaser to the end so i cannot stand letting someone down um and that's something i need to work on but that's your point too i think like you know dude if this is what we believe in and this is what i say when when the rubber meets the road i have to act according to my um conviction and value and that's just really rare that's really really rare you know i i think what's 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 difficult is that i don't think it's that rare what it is rare is people mm. in spotlight to use your mm. word of, of spotlight mm. so often the people we put the spotlight on mm. are almost trained by past experience to then try to demand more of it right mm. okay and so mm. it's it's less that i think this kind of stuff happens every day mm. but the people who are the change makers right mm -hmm. are like officials and, and sure. other leaders like that don't yeah. And so Don't you're do right, it. Right. That is incredibly rare for, mm. for them. Um, and, and it's something that I think more of us need to lean into. It's like, uh, I put out a, an episode of my podcast as we're earlier today, as we're recording this, that I'm sure I even said that on the way in, I was talking about race. I was talking about cast. I was like, I'm sure I didn't get this right. And I, I said this, I was like, I'm probably messed up part of this. I want to hear from you how I did. So mm. now, of course, there could be someone who takes that and tweets. Oh, look at this asshole. You know, he said yeah. all the wrong things. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it's also possible that someone's going to hear this and go, wow, what a great, you know, a conversation starter. And, and we, we get to having a, a better conversation. So, yeah. It, you know, I, I was a little uncomfortable putting it out. It's mm. this, this white guy talking about race, talking about mm -hmm. cast. But at the same time, it, guys like me are the ones that need to be having these conversations. Yeah, 100%. If it means I get it wrong and get corrected, that's nothing but a good thing. Yeah, dude, I love that, man. And I think, oh, man, I think part of that, you, you have a sense of assuredness and like certainty that I think is required like, like when I think about, you know, we have privilege and, you know, you're acknowledging your privilege and bringing that to the conversation and then talking about how can you, you know, stumble forward, work on it, like, just let's get the conversation started. I think part, big part of this, when I want to hear your thoughts is about self belief, right, because if you believe you're a good person, then what you're seeing in these conversations is momentary discomfort, 
that leads to a better, newer, you know what I mean? Like, as opposed to someone who is, when you were talking about that one person who was like, how insulting is this? How could you say something? Their identity is rooted in that, like, hey man, you're messing up, you're wrong. Do you see what I'm saying? And, and I, what do you think about that? Like, it's like self-belief and like identity for uh, being more uh, open to criticism and shame. No, you're hundred percent right. And that's very uh, insightful of you. And I would say that sort of the, 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 the tacking on to that is that even those of us who have this self-assurance need to learn by getting hit sometimes. And, and yeah. I have to give props to my wife for that. You know, she, mm. in the, the, we've been together now going on five years. And in that mm. time, she has helped me realize that it's not that I wasn't a good person, right? I mean, things aren't black mm. and blue like that or black and white mm. like that, but, but there's a spectrum. And, and where I was as sort of the typical, you know, progressive uh, uh, liberal guy who, who believes himself to be good. And it, it is good. Right. Yeah. You know, in the grand right. scheme of things, is a very good person. Yeah. It sort of like believes that they're as far good as they can be. Right. And it needs some of that sort of bashing to be like, mm, not quite. You know, we mm. always have room to grow. And so to your point, yeah, there is a lot of that belief that's like, I need to be comfortable with the fact that I'm on the right side of things. But I also need to be comfortable with the fact that I'm nowhere near as far as I could be. And so it's like, it's sort of the, the, the dual uh, pushing there from mm. yourself from out to say no but I am a good person I know I'm right in this mm. but also recognizing the outside that's pushing you or pulling you to get a little bit farther along that spectrum and, mm. and all of us should be as lucky as I am again to have you know someone like my wife who, who is that conscious but also you have to seek it out you know even back when I was surrounded with again great people they were all sort of where I was on the spectrum and maybe right. even a little bit less so it gave me that feeling of oh I'm, I'm, I'm know, better than I'm as far as I'm going to be. And then I had to step out of that comfort zone. And now there are people in my life, you know, who I keep around because one, number one, they're awesome people. But number two, they are that check that I need to be like, eh, you know, you're still not seeing this as, as, as great as you can. And sort of going back to that story from before, when I told a friend of mine about that person who mm. wasn't, you know, okay with me calling out the fact that there were no people of color on their, um, on their speaking lineup and here's the crazy thing it was a woman of color she had just had mm. nobody other than herself that was mm. a woman of color and i mentioned this to somebody whose opinion i trust to the bone mm. and another woman of color and she said first off it's amazing that you do that of course she, she was very quick to me prof but then she said step back for a second and maybe from her perspective the fact that she's even running this is enough of an advancement for her that she mm. didn't feel the need. And sure. I was like, you're a hundred percent right. I did not see that, 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 you know, idea. I, I couldn't see that from my perspective. Now yeah. I would say that pushing back to that, I am more believing that the way to bring people along is to reach back and bring them with you. Right. Yeah. But I yeah. can now understand her perspective of I got here. That's enough on this particular event. I don't feel bad about surrounding myself with white guys. So that was a really important moment because I didn't see that perspective. And I needed somebody else whose opinion, again, I trust to be like, let me help you understand where she could have been coming from. Yeah, no, I, that's fantastic. And, and even just that, right? Like that story could have just ended with you technically, right? From this, like, if you were just looking at the emotional context of that conversation, it's like, you're the bad person. I'm the good person. I'm telling you you're wrong, right? There's always an emotional subtext for every one of these conversations. So when you add along this idea of moral and like, what's the right way to do something, 
um, that you, you can make it seem very black or white, but the truth is, like you said, there are gradients to this thing. Right. You are pushing to be like, hey, I, this doesn't feel right. I want to call it out. And then somebody else pushed you back on that and go, well, there's a different perspective. And I think that's, to me, that's one of the most fascinating things about people, right? I think people want certainty, right? You got black and you got white. That's it. There's no like gray areas, especially when it comes to like, you know, that's the whole thing that's going on right now in this country. It's like tribalism. Like, no, 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 I'm a good person. I'm a liberal and I do it. But the truth is there's variations of this kind of we're working with. Um, and so I really, I, you know, again, I come back to the thing I come back to is you have to have a deep sense of yourself and a deep sense of your mission because that's why you don't get bothered by the kind of the knock knockbacks here and there. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, you're like, oh, okay, I messed that up. Let me try that again. Let me recalibrate. You see what I'm saying? Most people, once we settle on something, that's kind of it. Like I'm a good person. I've got it figured out. If somebody challenges me, you know, for the most part, that's a pretty shocking experience. You know what I mean? So I, I wonder if you like think about that, like you have a deep sense of mission and that's kind of why this is part of that journey. Oh, 100%. And I also think that for guys like you and me who go off on our own and start something, you have yeah. to, you know, yeah. because we both came from successful backgrounds where it would have yeah. been easier to stay with what we were doing and, yeah. and just be, you know, there is a certain contentness that, that comes from that. And I say all the time when I was working first in nonprofits and then in politics, mm. I, I at times anywhere from liked to loved what I was doing. I was mm -hmm. good at it, but I wasn't mm -hmm. fulfilled. And mm -hmm. it's okay sometimes to be like, ah, man, it is just, you know, 90% easier just to say, screw that fulfillment. I'm going to stay here yeah. where yeah. I'm comfortable. Yeah. And when it comes to your own career, I don't knock people who do that. Now, yeah. I will say the joke I always make is at the end of your life, nobody goes, God damn it, I wish I spent more time with Bob from accounting. So <laughs> I to say that that fulfillment is much more important than you're giving it credit for. But that being said, you and I can both talk about this from experience. It's hard to do what we do. It's hard yeah. to go out there and start yeah. something new, especially yeah. when it's not something that is familiar, right? If you and I went out and started a technology company, yeah. 10 out of 10 people are going to get You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. If we went out there and we were investing in Bitcoin right now, 7 yeah. out of 10 people are going to get yeah. it. But yeah. doing what you and I do right now, yeah. I get people all the time going, wait, so do you have a job? And yeah. My family members say that shit to me. Yeah. Well, I have yeah. an who is like, wait, so, so you haven't had a job in like three years? Uh. I have a job. It's just not what you can conceptualize. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I, I feel like people who do what you and I do have to have that self-assurance more than most people because it would be super easy to be like, screw this. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, that's so true. I mean, um, yeah, no, in, in the spirit of sharing, you know, like one of the things I, um, I've always wanted to do my own thing, right? And, and, and like, I've always been like, I beat, you know, go along to the bank, I beat on my own drum. And I think that's, as I started, I started off in technology, kind of like you, a little bit more of like a, uh, I was like, this is the way everyone's coming out of college. It was a Mark Zuckerberg time and everyone's building these billion dollar startups and everyone's heading for that gold rush. And so you feel a sense of confidence, a sense of identity, you feel a rush. And then of course there's that sense of uncertainty um, because it's not a normal job and all that. So I did that for a long time. I grinded and I prided myself on grinding 
And I was like, I can grind as hard as long. If it's sheer belief. I mean, I used to watch Will Smith videos over and over again. It's about if you and me are on that treadmill, there's going to be two outcomes. Either you're going to either you're going to fall fall off or I am going to die trying. And I like that's the sort of, you know, I call it's like hustle porn. It's 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 like this idea of like you're building your identity through sheer grit and determination. And there is definitely a place for it. I mean, there's definitely a place for it. But at the same time, it's also a toxic way to just define yourself and your identity. In fact, it's the opposite of that job we were talking about. Like if you have a technical conservative, like, oh, this is what I do. I'm an accountant or I work at this company. This is almost to the other end of it. And, and there's always that, they're both play, uh, things have a place in society, but if you go on both ends and all you think about is this is who I am defined by that, then you act very, um, you act more based on ego and complacency and you're not doing it because you love it or because it's fulfilling. It's more because you wanna prove something, which right. is good, you wanna do that. But so, yeah, so I totally get it because now when I started this, part of my journey, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Like the first two years, um, I literally, I got let go from a job and I was just like, all right, I have, I have a little bit of time. I'm going to try something different this time around. Right. Like I want to start building something that's not just going to be a billion dollar company or that's going to get me on Forbes and all these external validations I was looking for. I want to do something where it's pure joy pure, like I'm good at it. And like, I want to feel my way through it. So I gave myself permission to just experiment. So I would do to your point, I, I grew up dancing. I grew up doing stuff like that. So I, I, I would MC like weddings and bar mitzvahs. I would like, I would put myself out there. Like I would lead like networking workshops for companies or like team building. Like I did all of that. And, and I kind of got better at understanding, Oh, I like this. I don't like this. I like this. I don't like this. And again, I'm bringing back to what we're talking about. There is some sort of thread line. There is a through line. Like there's like a mission there. Like I want to give what is the truest expression of myself where people are finding the most value and I can make some, I can make money. I want to have a business as well. And that journey in the same way, you and I are constantly trying to figure out where do we fit, but that mission is always kind of pushing us to be better, right? We're always kind of like, there's something here. I know it. I just got to keep on this path and I got to, as long as I'm struggling well, to take your words, like that, that makes me feel like I'm, I'm, I'm on the right path. So, so yeah, hundred percent, like people outside are just like, wait, so what do you do now? So you're like, well, I'm now a team leadership coach. And so that's always a fun uh, thing to mention when your brother's a doctor and everyone else is like, <laughs> and I think embracing that uncertainty can be cathartic at times, right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I literally, so this right here on my arm is a check mark from winning an election. I, I got that tattoo mm. after I won, after I ran a campaign that won, right? That was a very definitive answer of what winning and what losing looks yeah. like, right? Yeah. And now I don't have that, you know? Mm. Is it like it's a certain dollar amount the, the way it was when I was running, uh, I was working in nonprofits where that was my goal was to raise a certain mm. amount of money. No, mm. I mean, that's... That's not what I'm chasing is the amount of money. Is it a certain amount of people helped? Well, if that's the case, I have no idea, right? Who listens to the podcast? What, what's going on? So <laughs> I think it's much more of sort of going back to your point, trusting in myself to know if I'm mm. working hard, if I'm hitting certain metrics that I care about, you know, mm. I track how many one-on-ones I do and yeah. how many I have virtually. Yeah. And- 
those things, that's yeah. how I know I'm being successful. <clears throat> yeah. And I think so over the weekend, I was talking to a guy who I really respect. His name is uh, Kyle Blanks. He's mm. a former outfielder for the uh, Oakland Athletics and a couple other teams. Wow. Now runs a CBD company and we got connected and we happen, we now chat every day because oh, dope. <laughs> we talk about these sorts of, of questions, right? Uh -huh. Really thoughtful guy. And we were talking about sort of the definition of, of maturity is it, or, or, or hard work. Is it a person who sort of, to your point, just puts their head down and busts through every obstacle or mm. is it recognizing when to do that and when you need to ask for help? And that we both agreed is much more of a mature answer, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's something that you and I are saying that we embrace more is mm. recognizing where we can work our asses off and where we have to go. I, I don't do that well. That's not a success for me. I'm going to hire someone or I'm going to right. whatever the case is. 100%. And it really, that thought process really helped me a couple of weeks ago, hire my first assistant and nice. so do that work for me because nice. I recognized I was 100%. doing this work really well. And yep. I wasn't doing the pitching work. I wasn't, yep. I was falling behind on it. And I finally had to say, that's just pride to be like, I'm mm. going to do all this work. No, I'm not. Mm. I'm clearly not. I'm failing at this. Mm -hmm. So instead of continuing as my, it's literally one of my senior quotes in high school was, was I, I don't remember who said this the first time, but I quoted my dad because he said it to me so often, was the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Yeah. I, that is something that I constantly keep aware of. It's like, yeah. all right, am I really going to do anything different or am I saying I'm going to find different results from doing the same thing? And, and sometimes that's that pride hit of going, all right, yep. it's okay to admit I can't do this. Yep. I need help on this. Yeah. And it's so true, man. Like, we, I, you know, it's, there's ego in big things. And then there's ego in the small things too. hundred percent. It's like, it's, it's that same thing where you're like, well, I should be good at this because I am, a self-proclaimed insert title, right? And so, and, and, and I think that's part of that conversation, um, again, where it's like, uh, for me, the two biggest things that have changed me recently, this past year, especially, and to your point, is learning, one, to love myself. Um, and this kind of connects back to that whole thing about guilt and shame and vulnerability. You cannot help anybody if you, can, if you can't help yourself first. And it's like, you have to shower yourself with love. And it sounds so corny, but like, I like it's something I'm teaching myself like I would teach my little kid. Like, I try to think of myself as that if I was my own kid and I saw me struggling, getting out there, putting out the reps, you know what I mean? Talking to people, calling, doing all the stuff we need to build a business. But it's just like, you know, hitting these bumps and, uh, you know, roadblocks. And when you take that perspective, if that was your kid doing it, you have nothing but love. You're like, this kid is out there trying. And you know, that, that changed something for me. I, it was something my brother told me too. He's like, dude, you need to learn to love yourself more. You do not give yourself enough credit because you keep thinking, oh, I should be here. And then you measure to that. And then you're like, oh, I'm not there yet. You know what I mean? Um, so, so that was definitely one of those things for me that really kind of brought me around. Like I loving yourself is the way to get over the ego part. To me, that's one of the top ways to, oh, okay, am I supposed to be doing this? All right, well, I can't. I'm not good at this. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean I'm not good at everything or certain things. I'm just not good at this. Or I didn't hit that. Okay, let me be curious about it. Why didn't that sales pitch work out? Why didn't that business strategy, right? Like, if you cover that first base of loving yourself, then you have the ability to step back and analyze it 
and then kind of break it down and then try to figure out, okay, what's a better strategy or what am I not good at, right? Um, I feel like that's a huge component that a lot of us don't think about. We just think about like sheer hustle, sheer inspiration, sheer, um, but it's the first thing for me every morning these days is just loving myself and, and to that, loving my body. I mean, everyone have, we, we, each of us have our own like schemas and things we're working with. And so for me, that's been a big part of it is like, you know, it, whatever, everyone has their own thing. And for me, it's like, oh, love my body, whatever it is. I, I was a little sick for a couple of months. I couldn't work out. And I was like, God damn it. This is reminding me that I'm a failure. Like all these small little thoughts, right? Like 100%. the small things. Um, so to that point, that's one of the first things I think about when I um, think about like morning, like getting myself ready and getting myself uh, focused for the day. The first thing is loving myself. Um, do you have morning routines actually? Do you do stuff to kind of get your mind set for the day? Definitely. Um, so, you know, something that my listeners know, because I talk about this a lot, is that I have uh, three mindfulness habits throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And the first one I do every morning, so sort of to your point, I, I don't see it as loving my body, but I guess it is, is while I'm stretching, because I have a shitty lower back. And uh -huh. uh, so while I'm stretching that in the morning, I do I do positive affirmations. Yeah, So I, that's that is how I start every morning. Um, and, uh, I, I agree with you, you know, the reason I do it is because when the, the bad things come throughout the day, cause they do, you they know, do. if you're already heading in this direction, it's a lot easier once you get knocked down to keep going in that direction. That's and if true. you're heading here to try to dig yourself out and go back up. Right. So, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing that I don't do now every morning. Um, but when things are tough, I also, I finish every day by doing a, a sort of a day review and ranking my day. Um, and hmm. I know that if, so I do that for two reasons. Number one, uh, it's really easy to go to bed feeling like, you know, the day has been nothing but good, nothing but bad. And it's never the case. So uh, it's sort of a mindful uh, technique to stay present, to review that. But also as someone who struggles with depression, hmm. I know when I'm in my worst moments that my depression will tell me it's always this way. You've always been, you know, depressed. Everything is always horrible. And if mm. I can go look at the data, I can go, no, it's been three days now. Everything's mm -hmm. going to be fine if I just keep mm -hmm. doing the thing that I got to do, right? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's really helpful then I know if I'm in a couple of days straight where, where that ranking is low, all right, start tomorrow morning and do extra, you know, affirmations, do extra whatever you need to do because you're already starting from a lower spot and you really need to get that going back up in the positive direction. Yeah, dude, I love that. And that's a discipline, right? That's something you're, you're, you, that, that's just, you got to get up and do it. Even when you're feeling crappy, when you're feeling like, um, getting around to doing it, uh, you know, one of the things I've, uh, been again, one huge insight this uh, recent is this idea of law of marginal changes, right? I think a lot of us kind of start this journey and we're like, again, back to ego driven pursuits. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to build a kick-ass business. It's going to be a million dollars and all that, all that. And I think that helps get the ball rolling because we we do move, we are moved by mission and purpose and motivation. But the, but the truth is it's it's the marginal changes that ultimately change and like, you know, make a difference. There's a video on YouTube of this guy, I forget his name, but he talks about, um, is it, uh, yeah, not Djokovic, the famous tennis player who, if you look at his like, um, entire tennis career right his he basically if you look at his number of wins 
it, it's marginal changes between like 2001 to 2005 and 2005 to 2007 in terms of the number of wins in terms of how many more games he's winning. Um, but his like, in terms of his position on being the best tennis player, it just like goes up um, asymptotically. And so, and, and he's talking about this concept of, it's like, it's the small incremental changes we do every day that count compounds itself and makes us much, much better, much, much more um, like magnifies our impact. And so I love the fact that even this is a small thing of you doing end of day reviews, mm-hmm. morning self affirmations, you built that stuff into your process that's your system, right? That becomes like drinking coffee, going to the bathroom. Like it just, it becomes second nature, but by doing it, you're, you're like much more sturdier. Like you can handle like the day you can do, you know what I mean? And so if you're more sturdier, you're more consistent in your business. If you're consistent, then you get more, like, you know what I mean? Like there's the path that builds along that. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because I talk about the same concept of, of waves a lot, right? It's mm. not that, you know, we focus on these giant tidal waves or the overnight successes and none of that's mm. real. It's all about mm. the little things that, that change. But for me, where it comes from was I read this article a while back uh, about how the average person, when they think about the future, it's anywhere from four to seven years. But when you talk mm. to someone who struggles with substance misuse, it's mm. two weeks. And that's because why think about the future if you're chasing the next hit, if you're really just worried about today. And so as someone who's been there, it's like, it's a lot easier for me to not worry about what three months down the road is going to look like, what five years down the road is going to look like, because I can focus on, let me do the things I got to do today, tomorrow, next week to be making sure that five years down the road, I'm where I want to be, right? But if, I, if I'm constantly looking at that horizon, you're never going to get there because you're always going to be like, God damn it, I have so far to go. And the only place where I do fall short on that is when it comes to big picture things like drug policy, where mm. I look and go, okay, it's great. Yes, Oregon, DC, you know, all these, all these states legalizing cannabis is mm. wonderful, but holy shit, do we have so far to go? And mm. that's when I listen to other you know, experts who say, okay, but you know, let's, let's, let's recognize how far we've come. Mm. The fact that, you know, I was arrested for paraphernalia in 2000, uh, 2005, mm. and you know, in, a, in a state that probably that wouldn't happen today. Mm. Is it is is it ridiculous? It took 16 years. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It took 16 mm-hmm. years, but also stop for a moment and be you know recognize the win that that is in itself. Mm. Yeah, no, 100. I, I, that's true. It's kind of like balancing, like you looking at seismic shifts and being appreciative of where we are, but at the same time, it's also like, and I, this is something I want to kind of understand more from your perspective, given what you've gone through, right? Um, for you, when you think about like, when, is it, is it, does it change having been, um, you know, having gone through addiction, having gone through what you've gone through, does it change the way you think about, and it does obviously, because you were saying you look at like two weeks as success and like, well, talk to me about like, what is it you think about when you like approach your day or you approach uh, the concept of like winning or success, or just even like making progress, forget winning and success. Maybe that's a little bit too just how do you view progress that's a little different than I would say most of other people who don't suffer or haven't gone through what you've gone through? Yeah, you know, I think that there's a lot of privilege in there too of being like, you know, number one, I've, I don't measure my success by, by money. Um, mm. I know that I need to make money, right? Mm. And, and at some yeah. point I want this business to be in, in that positive. 
but uh, I always joke that there's there's a quote from from Brad, Brad Pitt as Billy Bean in the in the movie Moneyball, where he says, "I made one decision based on money once, and I'm never going to do it again." Yep. And and you know, for me, I'm lucky in the sense that it is a privilege to know: a, I'm not going to lose the roof over my head. My wife makes good money. I come from means. We're going to be fine. It also means that my runway for this is a lot longer. And so sure. I don't have to worry about money. And that sure. is an immense privilege. Huge. But also it means I can I can choose what to focus on. And mm -hmm. sort of going back to our earlier conversation around uh, what does success look like? For me, it is impact. And, and when I mm. get uh, over my desk, which I'm, I'm sitting at my kitchen table today because mm. my wife and I live in a two bedroom apartment and she has the office today. Mm -hmm. uh, but over my desk in there, I have emails from people and, mm. and they're things like, you know, this podcast meant so much to me, or just mm. letting you know that, you know, uh, this happening in my life. And I keep reminded by what you said to me, you know, six months, like those are the things that I see as a success. And when I get those, I put them up to remind myself, like, this mm. is why I'm doing this. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not about, you know, the money in my bank account. It's not about the mm -hmm. downloads for the podcast or, mm -hmm. or how many people are inviting me on their shows and stuff like that. Like that is mm -hmm. all secondary to mm -hmm. those responses that people say this meant the much so much to me. And, and the one that I always return to is uh, I got an email from a guy in Northern Africa, probably six months ago, something, wow. something like that. And mm. he said, I love your show because we don't get to talk about these topics in my country and listening wow. to you makes me feel better and makes me feel know that there's other people who think like that out there. Yeah. And that to me is the number one, because this is a guy that I will never meet in person. This yeah. is a guy that without this show, without what I do, you know, I, I would have no connection with this this person but yeah. here he is half a world away saying mm -hmm. this is my outlet this is how i know that there's you know positive and that the, the thing these things can change that's all i need man that's what i yeah. need to know i'm doing a good thing yeah dude it's it's like the most richest most loving meaning you could find in yourself like you're like you know what i can die happy when you get an email <laughs> like it's like it's the kind of stuff we like we all want to feel like we matter and right. what you're doing is literally the purest form of that. You know what I mean? Not all of us have the luxury. And like you said, you have privilege to be able to do that. And I love that you're recognizing it. And so do I. Um, but at the end of the day, man, it's amazing when you're literally helping somebody. It's just sheer, simple one-to-one -one in that sense. Um, yeah, I, I truly love it. I, and I think about that because I think a little bit, sometimes one of my fears is this idea of like, Oh my God, time is running out. Time is running out. I have to get things going. I have to get things going. And that's unhealthy because sometimes I'm pushing it to the point where it's like, I should have, like, if I get a win under my belt, I'm like, I should have been here six months ago. Like, this is BS. Like, why am I not moving fast enough? Right. And that's unhealthy. But the healthy side of that is um, when I think about things like what you're going through, you're like, dude, notch on my belt. I literally, my message has now echoed on a different continent. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's kind of legacy shit. Like that's, that's like, that's something you can, if you, if you, God forbid something happened, you were like, you know, I did something. Yeah. I made some in my own way, whatever that is, my little, uh, like Dave Chappelle talks about this and it was in one of his specials and he's like, um, don't his dad, I think told him, don't try to change the world. Just try to make your little corner of it that's right. a little nicer, a little kinder. Right. And, and I love that idea. It's, it's this like, don't come in with this ego sense of like, oh, the world's problems are my problems. No, just focus on what you can do in your little corner. And that 
is exactly what you've done, right? And I, and I think that's the point of it. If we can put aside our fears just for a little bit and think about how can I really help somebody, um, that's powerful, man. In whatever capacity that is, that, that's powerful. You and I have made life choices where we're doing careers, but even people who are in businesses or like, you know, or who are employees and they have kids and they have mortgages and different things and different stresses and they don't have some of the privileges. I think that that's part of our mission. If we can inspire people to push aside a little bit of their fear, a little bit of their self-doubt, a little bit of the self-loathing uh, and just be like, how can I express and give to others or be the best I can be? Um, this is, that's, then we're fitting the national order of things. That's our, you know, that's, we're there, man. Like we've done our bit and we've kind of pushed people a little bit um in that direction no yeah. I, I i love the idea yes i completely agree with you i, I don't know that that chappelle quote i'm a big chappelle fan uh, he's mm. actually from yellow springs ohio shout out oh. to which is about 45 minutes an hour from where where i grew up but uh it, it, it there is this idea again going back to our our, our you know the fallacy of, of thinking about the waves and all this kind of stuff yeah but like nobody that doesn't how that isn't how any of this happens, right? I mean, think about some of the most inspirational people that that we can just roll off our tongue. People like Mother Teresa, Gandhi. I mean, these people who, you know, Mother Teresa never came to the US. And yet I would say most people here know her name and know about her work. And right. yet we focus on these really big names who who you know go the world over. Those people are one in a billion. The people who truly make a real difference and who have the lasting legacy is and the last thing changes are the ones who focus on where they are. Gandhi is such a great example of that, right? Mm -hmm. he, Gandhi did nothing for the US. And yet we recognize Gandhi as one of this incredible leader, you know, and, 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 you know, when I think about all the people that I look up to, they aren't people who, who went the world over sort of begging at doors and changing, changing the way people think about things. They focused on where they were and they focused on changing what they could change and it resonated. Yeah, it uh, and, resonated. And that's, you know, that's how that, you know, Nelson Mandela is one of my heroes. I've been to South Africa multiple times, mm. went, went to see his jail. So, I mean, all this mm. kind of thing. Again, Nelson Mandela focused on only where he could change sure. things and yeah. had a world-changing impact because of it. So those are the people that I look up to is the ones who go, this is my mission. This is what I'm going to work on. And if it resonates other places, that's wonderful, but that's not really what I, I'm worried about. And it usually does. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think that's, I think the, you know, part of what happens in society today is like, it gets lauded, right? Like, it's like, oh, this is Gandhi or Einstein or MLK. And it's like these giants that people are like, that's the level people need to get to. And, and it's not just in like doing good, but it's also in any industry, like the Zuckerbergs or the Bezos. Like, I think our media and our society is constantly, it's like, it's like, it's, it's ego crack. I, that, you know what I mean? Like, it's meant to help you be like, that's the level you got to get to. And so then people then, base everything on outcomes as opposed to focusing on what's needed, right? Like if I get to this level, if I get, like we talked about a little bit, like the podcasts and the interviews and the publications, I mean, we all like it. We all want to be recognized and it helps the business. But if the North Pole, if the flag that we're headed towards is these like big moments where it's like, and I, I visibly remember, remember having these things, like in the early days, I would have a vision poster and I would be like, oh, I'm going to be in the Forbes, uh, you know, cover and, and, and again, it's, 
it's not bad to have a dream. And I think things are good in and of itself. I think what sometimes a problem in this society is that it's too much focused on the individual and what the individual's glory is. Like this person achieved this, this, and this. When in fact, to your point, the people who do the most work are purely focused on um, cool background. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that just happened. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, like the people who, who truly make a difference are the ones focused on a very specific struggle, a specific problem, and really committed to like, all right, man, let's, what can I do? Pull up yeah. the, you know, pull up the sleeves and be like, all right, what, what can I do? And I think that part is missed a lot, a lot of times when we see somebody speaking at a conference or see them on the cover of a magazine. Um, and that, that's something we need to keep humbling ourselves and bringing back to the conversation, like internal dialogue. Yeah, That's good, but let's not forget the real mission here. Um, 100%. So, yeah, man. So I, I like one of the things I'm also very interested from your perspective uh, is your mantra, choose your struggle. I, I like this. I, for me, um, I, I was reading the book by Ray Dalio, uh, Principles. Have you read that book? Uh, yeah. I've read about half of it. It's on my bookshelf. I keep going, yeah, yeah, like, I'm yeah. going to finish this. And it, yeah, yeah, same here, same here. It's like one of those like slow burn books for me. I just- 100%. Like, back to yeah. it. Um, and he talks about this, or I think earlier in the book, and he's like, you know, wealthy person. He's like, I became a rich man a long time ago. And it's like, he's like, you know, just because you make a certain amount of money or a certain amount of success, um, it's not like you stop struggling. Like you keep struggling. Um, He's, uh, uh, he says, it's all about choosing and literally your quote, choosing the right struggle. He's like learning to struggle well is the goal of life. And that just struck me. Like, I was like, that's exactly it. That's success, learning to struggle well. And so I want to hear about how did you come up with this mantra of choosing your struggle? And what, what does that mean to you? Like, well, what do you mean specifically by that? Yeah, so the mantra itself came from uh, Nietzsche, who who said, a man mm. who has a reason to live can bear anyhow. And uh, mm. I, I was thinking about that because uh, I was preparing for my first speech on my struggle with substance misuse. And uh, it really, my goal was to number one, talk about it for the first time on stage. And, and this was back in 2015. I still bought into the, at the time I was struggling to overcome the stigma of, of really feeling like a failure for this story and stuff like that. And so getting up on stage at all was, was a win. So that was number one. But number two was to help people see this a little bit differently because I was coming to recognize the fact that it was so dangerous to me, again, as someone in recovery, that when I thought of the word addict, I didn't mm. picture me because I was sort of disassociating like, oh, those are other people. And that's such a harmful thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to, to figure out a way to help people understand that, that struggling is a part of life. Mm -hmm. And that again, came with that Nietzsche quote of, of mm -hmm. that if you have a reason to live, anyone can, you can live anyway. And mm -hmm. what's another way to put that, but right. we're all going to struggle. So figure out right. what you're going to do to struggle. And so then I started thinking about how, when I was at my worst, I, I didn't get to struggle to choose what I was struggling for. Right. It was to get off my, my couch. It was to, to get out of bed. It was to avoid mm -hmm. withdrawals. And those mm -hmm. are pretty shitty struggles. Mm -hmm. And the fact that those struggles were taken away from me was the, or the choice. I mean, was the worst mm -hmm. part of all of it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I was really honing in on this idea that 
just because my struggle was taken away by substance misuse doesn't mean that other people's weren't also. Mm-hmm. And whether it's society telling them, as we've talked about a lot now, chase the the money, the cars, the, mm-hmm. right. the title, all that stuff. Uh, or, or, you know, in a lot of cases, it's, well, when I was young, my mom told me that the only way to get respect is to be a doctor. So now I'm 20 years into this career and I hate it. You know, um, there's a lot of those stories. And, and, mm-hmm. and so helping bring this together of like, I went through this by letting, you know, basically substances choose my struggle, but that I was no different in that moment than someone who also was, you know, takes, decides to take their life because they hate the way their life has turned out because they've never followed their own passions Mm -hmm. or all these kind of things. And Mm -hmm. so that's where choose your struggle came from. And now six years later, it is my mantra. It is Mm -hmm. the name of my company. It's the name of Mm -hmm. my podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and not only that, I I am now, uh, I I do have the trademark on it. So, uh, you know, that's dope. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So it's become very much synonymous with me, but it's really at the end of the day, it's helping people recognize that if you're not making that choice now, and again, Mm -hmm. it is a bit of a privilege to make that choice for your entire life. Right. Yeah. And sure. I've gotten to do that. But that doesn't mean that that there aren't things you can choose to change and you can choose some of your struggles. And I think a lot of times, you know, I personally was living here. We get into this moment where we're looking around and going, I've lost all the ability to make any changes. I'm stuck here. And in reality, going back to your point from earlier, if you focus directly on what's in front of you, you can go, oh, okay, there is still a lot of wiggle room. If I make this change or I make that change, uh, then I'll be able to start changing sort of the bigger picture. Mm. So that is at its basis what choose your struggle means Mm. is just being in charge of what you are able to be in charge of Mm. by by doing that, making Mm. a more of a bigger change in your life down the road or at at a larger level. Yeah, taking ownership of the of the problem you want to deal firsthandedly and, and really kind of define yourself to a certain degree by that problem, right? Like you want to say, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to focus on getting better at. And this is how I'm going to, what I'm going to commit myself to. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's fantastic because it, it also is, what you're saying is that ultimately, um, it's not just about kind of, you know, it's a, it's a struggle. So struggle means you're going to have setbacks. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days, but you're in it for all of it. Right. And I think that part of it, like where you're in it for the journey aspect of it, that's how, you know, you've chosen a good struggle. And so I I love that because for you, it's like everything around this is, is meaningful. The good days, the bad days, the hiccups, the, you know what I mean? Because it's the right struggle for you. And so, so I, I love this idea that that's kind of the, uh, that, that's amazing. That's the whole point of the podcast and that your, your, um, your work, it's so true. It's about being mindful about what's right in front of me. What do I need to work on? And how can I do, how can I push the ball a little further along? Yeah. And, and you make a, you sort of highlight, I think a really important piece that I, that I sort of ties back into what we were saying earlier. If you are, you know, believing in yourself the way that you and I have to, to do this, to do this work, but not only us, I mean, if you are, if you are so 
solid in what you've chosen to, to go after, you won't be as upset by the bad days, you know, yeah. not saying that there aren't setbacks that will really knock you on your ass, because as yeah. you can probably attest to just the same way I can, there are days where I've gone to my wife and going, should I give this up? Should I, yeah. you know, go get a traditional job or whatever the yeah. case is? Yeah. Because some of those days are really difficult, but yeah. the little things don't get to you as much because you're mm. going, you know what? Yeah. I, I'm still so, I'm still so much more fulfilled than yeah. I, when I was stuck at my desk 12 hours yeah. a day. I'm yeah. still so much more fulfilled choosing yeah. what I'm going to work on yeah. than having somebody tell me what to do. Even if I fail, I made that choice. The buck stops with me and I, yeah. I can't, just be angry that somebody's forcing me to work on something that I don't think I'm good at, that I don't think yeah. is a good choice. Yeah. There are still these ways to find fulfillment, but if, if you're not choosing it, it perfect example, the last job, I, job I had, I loved my boss. He was a uh -huh. wonderful boss. Yeah. Uh, one of the best I've ever had. Yeah. And uh, our website got hacked for like the fifth time. And I finally said, look, man, I, I, you and I both know that how we present ourselves, this is in politics, is the name of the game, right? And so if we don't get a new website, no one's going to want to work with us if they go to our website and get a virus, right? So he said, great, I, I don't want to spend the money on hiring someone. I want you to do it. And mm. since then, I've built numerous websites. At the mm. time, I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. And I, but more than that, I didn't feel competent in that. And I took it, I said to him, if, if, if that's how little you value this side of your, of your business, the one that I was running, that you want me who's never done this before and would have to spend a lot of time figuring out to mm. build it rather than spend the money to yep. get some professional, that yep. says more to me sure. than, than actually, I don't, look, if you really want me to, I will spend time to learn how to do this. And like I said, I've done it since when I was choosing to do that. But at the time, I wasn't a website builder. I was a, I was a guy who ran campaigns. What am I doing wasting my time learning how to build a website? And so yeah. that to me was a bigger issue. Mm. Now, was it a big issue? No. And building a website, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. Right. But it was more about what that said and what how yeah. that made me feel. And yeah. so it's a completely night and day scenario. I've done that for myself and it's fine, but doing it for someone else who, who showed me how little he valued That's my it. work in that moment yeah. to me meant way more than the actual product itself. Yeah, that's so true. And I think that's the big part of it. Like you, if people don't appreciate or love or like treasure to a certain ex extent what you want, you got to learn to walk away. And, and that's tough, man, because sometimes we need the money, right? Like we need to yeah. pay our bills. We need to uh, keep our family together and keep them fed and put a roof over our heads. But like, that's the real, like that is a struggle. I think that's a universal struggle being going to places where your work matters. People want you, you you're doing something that's of value and people see that um, that's an ongoing life thing. Right. And as your passions and circumstances change, being true to that is not easy. It's not easy. And walking away from a job like that at a moment like that, sometimes it's that simple and clear. It's like, oh, maybe you don't value my skill set. Like maybe this is how little you. OK. All right. That's a sign from life. And I think that's yeah. um, keeping an eye out to see how much people really value what you want. Um, like recently I had a client, no, not a client. I had a proposal up there and I, you know, charged a rate and I was being a little bit ambitious, but you know how it is. Like sometimes when you push, put a, put a rate out there, you're, you're looking to, um, 
negotiate a little bit, right? So it's part of that conversation you have. They didn't even come back with, um, with a, like a, you know, let's work this out. Can you come a little bit closer? And I didn't, I didn't pursue that anymore after that, because to your point, if someone doesn't see your value, yeah. Hey man, thanks so much. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Walk away. Right. And I think that's a huge lesson. I think we all need to learn, recognize your value and, and defend it, defend yeah. it all the way through. So, um, yeah, man. And, and those moments can be really hard. Like you said, mm. we have to make money. And if you're, if you really feel like, Oh God, this would be such a payday. Maybe mm. I can come down. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not what I'm doing mm. here. You know? And, and even more so it can be in a social context. Like when I first moved here to Charleston, uh, I, there was a, a guy who, who knew my background and he was working on a political campaign and he was like, I would love for you to, to work with. I said, great. Mm -hmm. Here's my consulting fee. He went, oh, no, no, mm -hmm. no. This would be a pro bono thing. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yeah. You know, for, for five hours a week, I'll happily sit on the advisory committee. He's like, no, I really would love for you to be the, the head of this. It's like a full time job. And I was like, wait, mm -hmm. so you want me for free to do a full time job? He's like, yeah, but you just moved here. You'd meet all these great people. I was like, I can do that myself. Yeah. I have no problem calling him up and be like, let's yeah. grab coffee. I'd love to meet yeah. you. This is before yeah. COVID. And he could not conceptualize that what he was doing was really insulting yeah. to be like, I've, I value your work so much. I want it, but I yeah. value you so little that I'm not going to pay you anything yeah. for a full-time job. Yeah. And it was like, he could not con un understand why that was so insulting to me. And, yeah. and it was very easy to be like, not only am I going to say <laughs> no to that, I'm not going to participate at all yeah. because the fact that you can't understand this is more of a red flag. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That's true. And I think that's a, that's something you learn as you get older. You know what I mean? Learning like, you know, when you're in, you're in high school, you're, you're kind of like still from that phase where you're like, Oh, Hey, what's up, man. You always want to hang out with everyone. You're always trying to put up with people because you're still kind of figuring out the world. But the older you get, you, you're like, nah, I'm good, man. This is not, <laughs> you can walk way without feeling shitty about it <laughs> yeah and, and it's like i also so i understand from his perspective he was like we're getting this guy with like a decade of experience for free why would i not want that but then to be able to go wait a minute that's a really shitty thing to do to this person yeah you know what i mean and and like yeah, it's a lack so, of so empathy I, that's a great word for it. And, and, and there are people who do this work that I've had cups of coffee with, and they tell me all about this amazing. And I'm, I'm like, how are you doing all this? And so many of them have like unpaid internships that they yeah. get from colleges. Sure. Sure. And I'm like, I, on one sense, I get it. On the other sense, I'd rather pay my assistant because not only do I value their time, but also you get what you paid for. And, and in an intern, you're going to be looking over their shoulder and, you know, if they're really qualified, I'll pay them for their work, but I don't, yeah. I don't feel comfortable with an unpaid internship, especially with how we know that that's how, you know, a lot of uh, people who come from wealth end up getting farther in life because they have this experience and people who can't afford to take a job that doesn't pay them don't get oh, the yeah. experience that everybody sure. else. And so sure. all of these things wrapped up and I just, I, I have the money. I'd rather pay you for your time. Yeah, hundred percent. And it also shows that you're in it for the long game. You know what I mean? You're not in it to turn around and save a quick look here and there and get the most crank out the efficiency. Some people have that model and they work it and it works. And it's just, you know, they then they're focused on like short-term hacks. You're focused more on long-term value. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. Like being able to like discern, okay, where do I want to 
invest? Because there are some things, I mean, look, I'll, I'll sign up for free services all day long you know, <laughs> to kind of get that extra edge and not have to pay for it, right? Because cash flow is king for small businesses. But uh, right. at the same time, when it comes to people, it can't be that transactional. Right. If you really believe in somebody and you've taken a lot of time developing and putting that, to, and, and that work that they're doing is meaningfully like moving the lever in your business, then it's, if you're, it de- again, it depends on the kind of business you want to run and different people have different styles. But I think you and I are of the mind where it's like, no, people we invest in because they will move mountains if you 100%. invest in them and make them feel loved and like develop them. Um, well, and there's also a lot of psychology to that, right? If you ask me to do something for free, I'll do what you ask me to do if I believe in you, or if your company, whatever. Right. If you pay me even a little bit of amount, it triggers that thing in our brain like, I got to do a good job. I yeah. have to give them what they paid for. They yeah. believe in me enough to pay me. Like, I have yeah. to do this. There's yeah. a lot of psychology to that. And so that's yeah. why, sort of, you know, to your point, it, it'd be easier to save a couple dollars and get an intern yeah. or whatever. Right. But also you trigger that thing in this person going like, oh, wow, you you are taking this chance on me. I'm going to work hard for you. I'm yeah. going to do what you what I need to do to help you succeed. Because when you succeed, I succeed, right? Sure. But also to your point, there are a lot of free services I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to the this website, Guestio. Um, oh. They're one of the podcast ones. So I'm on like five different podcasts websites. Nice. Right? And one of them is completely free. And um, I've given them shout outs. I I did a free ad for them on my podcast, all that kind of stuff, because I believe in if you're giving me this platform and I use it, which I use Gessie all the time, I'm going to make sure I'm paying you back in other ways, like promote services or whatever. Um, And then there are other ones that I do zero promotion for because I pay them and that's what they're getting from me is money. So, you know, (laughs) as long as they're getting something, I feel completely (laughs) uh, comfortable in it. Yeah, man. I love it. I, I, I think your karma is good, bro. I think we've checked. <laughs> I, I think uh, you, you've you racked up enough goodwill uh, and they'll pay back, man. And it's going to pay back, right? It's not the kind of stuff that pays back right away, but you know it. It is paying back and it will over the course of your life. So, um, so I, this has been awesome, man. I feel like this has been a great long hour of just like trading ideas and talking about things that matter and mean to us. Um, before we kind of like wrap it up, I just kind of wanted to get from you like, um, where do you, uh, what, what's got you excited? What are you kind of, what are you thinking about next? What, what's your goals and what's on top of mind? Yeah. So, you know, the podcast is in its second season and the guests are incredible. I, um, I, it's sort of like, I started the season on a really high note and, and I keep going like, Ooh, I, I need to keep making sure I get these awesome guests. Cause I can't yeah. let it down now, you know? Um, so that's going really well. I started rock bottom storytellers last month, uh, mm. which was where I brought together uh, four people who have been through something, either mm, substance misuse, mental health, yep. whatever, yep. Uh, to tell their rock bottom story. Uh, and by the way, I was expecting probably 20 people to tune in and we had over mm. 200. So wow. yes, um, that was awesome because those yeah. are people who go away feeling like, you know, there are other people who've been through this, they yep. understand, like, that's yep. the whole point of this, right? Yeah. And, and I'm starting a third piece very soon, which is going to be similar to that. It's sort of one on ones like this, except that I'm going to introduce a person, uh, they're going to tell some story it doesn't have to be a rock bottom, it could be funny, mm. it could be whatever. Mm. And then I'm mm. going to come back at the end, and we'll chat, we'll ask a couple of questions. So right. that's a new series. It's so new, I don't even have the name for it yet. Uh, hopefully, that's starting within the next couple of weeks, maybe March at the latest. But um, you know, the, the whole point of this is to end the stigma to around these these topics to help people feel connected, mm-hmm. and, and really more than anything, is to help voices that deserve to be heard but don't get mm. get out there. So mm. uh, you know, my listeners know a lot of the 
people I bring on the podcast, a lot of the people that I promote with these kind of events are, they may have heard one or two places, Mm -hmm. but these aren't the people who are getting on Tim Ferriss. These aren't the people going on Brene Brown. You know, these are people who have incredible lessons to tell and aren't getting the breakthroughs they deserve. So uh, if I can help them in any way, then I know I've done something to, to help out everybody who's listening. That's awesome, man. Jay, your mission is just like super inspiring, bro. And that's one of the reasons I reached out to you, literally just from a LinkedIn title. Um, what's Where can people find you? What's your, uh, Jay, what's your website or hashtags? Yeah, so I'm Jay Schiffman or Choose Your Struggle on every social media. Uh, I am, my website is jayshiffman.com, J-A-Y-S-H-I-F-M-A-N.com. And the podcast is Choose Your Struggle. It can be found on all the, the podcast players, anywhere you get a podcast. Uh, so definitely tell people to reach out, you know, like you said, we got connected because you reached out. Um, I am sort of, (laughs) I make this promise to everybody. If you reach out, you, we will work together on something, right? You know, it might not be the podcast. (laughs) It might not be rock. It's going to be something, Something, uh, because I do enough that I'm always looking for good people. You know, if you know how to tell your story, you're going to end up on a a storytelling thing. If you've got an incredible message, you're going to end up on the Mm -hmm. podcast or just a conversation like this that we go, you know, you and I got started chatting. We went, we got to, we got to put this out somehow. We got to figure this out, you know? (laughs) So connect, reach out. We will find a way to, to work together because we're, if you're doing good things, I want to be there. I want to help you. You get that message out. Yeah, man. I love it. Thanks so much, Jay. Really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, this has been awesome, brother. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And, 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 you know, anytime I get to connect with people who get, you know, really yeah. get what we're going through, it's always a good thing. So keep up the, the great work yourself. And I'll be excited to see what else we get to do together.